0: Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Now look, this is a huge weekend, right? We kicked off the NFL season last night. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on. But I got to tell you, everybody and his brother, we had Reuben Brown on the program yesterday, and he said, I'm a show-me kind of guy, talking about his Buffalo Bills, right? I'm a show-me kind of guy. Well, they showed it last night. Four touchdowns by Josh Allen, and we'll get to all of this in a minute. Now, again, a reminder, we come your way every morning from 10 a.m. Eastern until noon. You can go to YouTube, search Chatterbox Sports. We invite you to please subscribe to the show. It's free. We thank you for that. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram now. We're off and running. At Tom Brenneman TV. All of those at Tom Brenneman TV. Please share anything you might like. Anything maybe you don't like. We invite your comments. This is a startup show. We got a long way to go. And believe me, if you saw the producers of this show, we really have a long way to go. I don't mean to badmouth you guys, but you know what? Before we get to James Rapine to talk about the Bengals, I've been beating up on you guys for the first week of the show, Casey McAllister and Brandon Seho, about the backdrop that you have uh, behind you. It was a uh, concrete wall. And apparently... Brandon, Casey, you guys have uh, upped your game a little bit over there. Gentlemen, good morning. How are we doing today?
1: Doing good, sir. How about you? Doing great. Doing great. Look, we got two Cincinnati legends behind me. Steve Logan brought this jersey in from the Jordan area. Great era. player. You used to call those games when UC was
0: number one Kenny I mean, with Kenny that Martin. guy was a great player. I'm going to ask you sometime, though. I made the comment the other day about uh, – of any player I've ever seen that got bad advice from his agent and listened to his agent more than any other player I've ever seen, it was Steve Logan. Second round pick, if I remember right, Golden State, he holds out, holds out, holds out for more money, and um, you know, Golden State pretty much said, hey, take care of yourself, all the best, because that guy could have played in the NBA for a long time. Not saying he would have been a star, but could have played a long time. All right, you got your Steve Logan jersey on and the Hall of Famer, number five. Johnny Bench, the legend himself,
1: who we got to have on sometime. He's a great talk.
0: We're going to have him on. Uh, he was my very first broadcast partner in oh, the booth, wow. uh, the Channel 5 days, uh, going back to 1988. So Johnny's a—he's uh, a best. Good guy. Really good guy, and obviously his playing career speaks for itself. But look— Today's show is all about football, football, football. College season started a couple of weeks ago in earnest last weekend. Last night, the NFL season kicks off. And our main man, our Bengals insider from Sports Illustrated, I'm new to Twitter, James Rapine. You are a Twitter machine um every time now that i'm, I'm flipping through there because i'm following you and what's your uh, for everybody out there wh- where do you find james rapine on twitter or anywhere else i can't hear james can anybody else hear james yeah he was talking there a second ago we're having an issue james uh talk for a minute here and see if we can get this straightened out nope don't hear him you're not on mute are you james we can get back to him here in a second We'll double check this and see what's going on. That's the beauty of technology. I mean, you got to be able to roll with the punches. And I mean, that stuff happens no matter what level you are. Our our startup studio right here in Hamilton, Ohio, right in the heart of Hamilton, Ohio. uh, I had baseball games, NFL games where um, with Fox, where we've got two or three huge trucks, best production people, technical people in the world, and stuff is going to happen. James, are you back? I'm back. I'm here. I don't hear him. Well, I can't hear him. If somebody can uh, turn up my volume, because I got to hear our main man, James Rapine. James, are you there?
2: I'm here. You got me? Can you hear me?
0: Okay. Well, I can't hear him, but uh, you tell me, though, uh, Casey, everybody else can hear him. Okay, everybody else can hear him. So I'm going to, um, we're not going to do sign language because I'm not good enough at that. But I want you to walk me through James Rapine. First of all, I asked you the question about uh, your uh, Twitter site and your Twitter account where people can find you and follow you on Twitter or or anywhere else that you're out there.
2: Yeah, at James Rapine on Twitter, Cincinnati Bengals Talk on YouTube, the Locked On Bengals podcast, allbengals.com, a lot of places, Tom, no doubt. <laughs>
0: You're everywhere. I mean, you were somewhere last night doing some show, right? Yeah, I was
2: with uh, Paul Daner Jr. and uh, Jay Morrison. They were doing that Hear That podcast, Growling at 50 West. So had to stop by and and talk a little Bengals.
0: Ah, Very, very nice. All right. Um, Let's talk about the Bengals for a second. Um, Health-wise, how's everybody doing going into week one against the Steelers?
2: About as good as you could ask for. Now, there's a couple guys. Devin Asiasi, the new tight end they claimed last week, is dealing with a quad issue. I'm not sure he would be active anyways, just because he's still learning the playbook. He hasn't been in the system long. And then Trent Taylor, and this is the one to watch today. Trent Taylor popped up on the injury report. Is it serious? Is it not? It's a a hamstring, and he's obviously their starting punt returner. So we'll see if he can go today. I think, and I always lean towards... Uh, you know, guys going, but it really depends on how that hamstring feels uh, today. It sounds like he tweaked it in practice yesterday. So he was limited. We'll see how, if he can go today, but that's really the only injury to watch. Drew Sample will be back and has practiced for the past couple of weeks, even though he uh, had a, a slight MCL strain uh, about a month ago or so in practice. So overall, Bengals pretty healthy going into Sunday
0: all right let me let me ask you about the tight end position for a second you mentioned sample he was a guy they drafted high round draft pick um and 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 obviously you know they brought in hayden hurst uh who was a first round draft pick if i remember right from the baltimore ravens a number of years ago he lost his job there what kind of season should bengal fans expect out of hayden hurst Uh, they have all these other weapons so he's about the eighth guy you talk about when you get to the offense. But, but, but do you see them using him a great deal because they've had success at the tight end position since Zach Taylor got here? I do. I, I think he gives them a new dynamic
2: on offense that defenses are going to have to account for. And they may not account for it right away, but when you're double-teaming Jamar Chase, which I expect the Steelers to do on Sunday, and you're trying to slow down T. Higgins or Joe Mixon or even Tyler Boyd, well, having a, a tight end like Hayden Hurst, who's a great route runner, uh, strong with the ball in his hands, explosive. I think he's going to get plenty of yards after the catch. That's, uh, it can be a nightmare for opposing defenses, and I think they're going to have a lot of good matchups uh, with Hurst, a lot of single coverage. Sometimes he'll be having to beat a linebacker, which I'll take him against any linebacker with the mm-hmm. way he runs routes. And Joe Burrow likes throwing to the tight end. His first touchdown pass in the NFL went to C.J. Uzama. Uzama had two uh, touchdowns two touchdown games last year, including that one against Jacksonville, which uh, was obviously a comeback victory on Thursday night football. So, yeah, I think that Hayden Hurst is going to be a big part of this offense. I'm not thinking, you know, he's going to take the place of Boyd or anything like that, but I I do think he gives the Bengals offense another dynamic that they haven't had.
0: Um, As far as Burrow is concerned, he had the appendectomy, missed the entire preseason. I don't know how much he would have played anyway uh, in the preseason games because no one else played. We've talked about that topic. But he did lose a little bit of weight. You brought that up, James, the last time uh, you were here last week. Um, Do you think he's 100% healthy going into the season?
2: I do. I think he's 100% healthy. And I think he's feeling good considering the circumstances. Do I think he's where he was, say, July 20th, before he had appendicitis and had to go through this? I don't know about that because... Basically, post-surgery, everything he's done was to try to get as close as he could to that point. But that includes, obviously, recovering for two and a half weeks and then a bunch of protein shakes. He said he was eating everything in sight, four protein shakes a day. He was lifting probably heavier, I would say, and and changed his workout routine a little bit to put on that weight. Good weight, of course, he's trying to put on. So I don't know if he's feeling as good as he was maybe pre-surgery. But I think he's pretty close, and from a a overall health standpoint, I don't think he's at ninety seven percent. I think he's at one hundred percent, but he not he might not be feeling as good as he was feeling before the surgery.
0: Um, What about Jesse Bates? Uh, We know, yeah, it makes sense, makes perfect sense. Um, uh, Jesse Bates uh, has been a good player here. Sometimes he's been a great player here. Um, He he held out. Uh, came in when he he knew he was going to be making the big bucks, I think somewhere upwards of $13 million, $14 million. Uh, you mentioned last week he is going to be the starter this weekend. How does he look coming into this season? Really
2: good. I, I think he's going to play the full allotment of snaps and be out there. I mean, there were games last year he played every single defensive snap. And so I would expect maybe a little less just because they do have Dax Hill and you can give Bates a, a little bit more of a break there. 90% of the snaps, 95% of the defensive snaps. I think he's going to be on the field a lot, and he should want to be. I mean, it's such a, a crucial year for him in his career. If he goes out there and he plays like an all-pro and, and makes the Pro Bowl and, and has six interceptions and has a career year, well, he's going to make himself a lot of money, and this could be his one opportunity uh, to do that and put himself in a position to really cash in. So there's there's pressure on him to do that, The the Bengals are okay with that, because they want the best Jesse Bates they can get. And I I think he's in shape, he showed up in shape, and he came in at the right time. A couple of weeks ago, was able to get reacclimated with his new teammates, get comfortable. uh, And and so now I I think he'll be ready to go on Sunday.
0: Do you think James the Bengals um, have enough um, pass rushing ability? I know Hendrickson had the great year last year, got hurt near the end, got slowed down a little bit. I, I'm sure that made a big difference in his game as they went into the playoffs and that kind of thing. But, but, but outside of him, and Hubbard's been very good at times, but do you think they have enough pass rush to really create problems for opposing quarterbacks? They need
2: someone else to step up. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. You know, With Larry Ogunjobi leaving on the interior, and, and he was a big disruptor. Uh, as an interior pass rusher, will it be B.J. Hill? I thought he was pretty effective last year. He was year really and good and last gonna, year, yep. And he's going to play more snaps, so partially him. The third-rounder, Zachary Carter, on the inside could play and Phil's part of that role, but I don't think he's going to be Larry Ogunjobi. And so I'm looking at Joseph Osai. Can Joseph Osai in year two, and we all remember the preseason game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He sacks Tom Brady, has a great debut, And then we don't see him again. I think the telling sign for Joseph Osai was the Bengals really limiting his snaps in the preseason. I think they saw a lot from him in practice. And they said, yeah, we'll get his feet wet a little bit because he just hasn't played NFL football, but we're not going to risk him, much like uh, all of their starters that they left out and held out throughout the preseason. So Osai is the guy that they're banking on, not only being a disruptor uh, on the edge, but being good against the run. And so that's the guy that I would keep an eye on. And, and I think he's capable of doing it. He had a really stellar training camp, was mixing it up, getting in, getting into it with his teammates. And I think he has an edge to him. And I think that's going to bode well for him, even though he's essentially a rookie.
0: All right. I'll only keep you a couple more minutes because I know you're racing down to um, to the, the, the stadium as they get ready for practice here on this Friday. They practice in the stadium on Fridays, right? If I remember correctly, back when I had a few of their games yep. with Fox, they move into the, the stadium? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's just a light walkthrough. Easy right. Friday. Um, do you expect – and we had Reuben Brown on the program yesterday, right? Great player in Buffalo, nine-time pro bowler, and he was talking about Aaron Donald and how, you know, you'd really like to see teams run the ball. He wanted to see Buffalo run the ball a little bit more uh, to really attack guys like Aaron Donald. The Steelers have very good defenders – Watts up there. Hayward might be the second-best defensive interior lineman in the league behind Donald. He's had a great career out of Ohio State. Um, do you think with four new starters on the offensive line, James, that we might see the Bengals run the ball more this year?
2: Certainly. I, I think so, especially you look at that right side. Lyle Collins and Alex Kappa. they get push in the run game, and that's just what they've done throughout their career and, and they've done it for a long time. And so, yeah, I, I absolutely think that we could see, I, I don't know about more. I don't know if Moore's the right answer because this offense is going to be built around Joe Burrow and him pushing the ball downfield and explosive plays. But I expect the run game to be more efficient and, and certainly more effective. Joe Mixon struggled at the end of last year. They were, He averaged under 3.5 a carry. I think it was around 3.3 yards a carry in December. And, and it's not like they really got going in the postseason that's where it has to change. They have to be better in short yardage situations, mm-hmm. get Mixon free where he's not making a cut the moment he takes the ball from Burrow on the exchange. And so if if he's not getting touched until he's past the line of scrimmage, he's hard to tackle when he gets going downhill. So I think that's what I'm looking for. I don't know if they'll run it much more numbers wise, but I expect it to be more effective when they do. And instead of averaging four want to carry, Maybe it's 4-7 to carry, and it's up towards the, the top of the NFL in, in yards per attempt, which would be great for an offense that, that is plenty explosive and should see a lot of two-safety looks trying to take those big plays away from Chase and Higgins. So on Sunday, I wouldn't be shocked at all if it's a Joe Mixon game, especially early on.
0: Well, and, and Mixon has had great history against the Steelers, especially uh, last yeah. year. He ran the ball very effectively against that team. But, but that's last year. This is this year. Last thing I want to ask you. I, I love uh, the, the, the human side of stories because I think we look at some of these guys, we put them up on a pedestal, we think they are gladiators and warriors and robots and all this kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I, I thought one of the coolest stories I'd heard in a long time was a story of Mike Thomas when he found out that he was going to be a team captain for this team, the special teams captain. And how he was brought to tears over this. I remember meeting this young man when he was bouncing around the league. Has always been a good special teams player. Bengals brought him in, uh, did a really nice job. They had him in training camp. They let him go. They bring him back over, you know, just some technical money sort of stuff, that kind of thing, maneuvering kind of thing. But share that story a little bit about uh, Mike Thomas yesterday and finding that out. That that was a really cool moment.
2: It was, and especially for a guy that has bounced around. I mean, he's a veteran. And in this locker room, there's veterans, but they're young veterans, you know, 27, 28 years old. A lot of guys on the the, the right side of 30, as I'll say, but Mike Thomas is uh, is not. He's He's on the wrong side of 30. They call him Uncle Mike, which I think is hilarious because <laughs> he's not old. He's old by Bengals locker room standards. And that's how I know I'm getting old when I'm the oldest guy in the the locker room when you, you count the, the yeah. roster and, and look at those guys or one of them certainly so no it, it was really good to see and, and so he was one and the other one I want to mention DJ Reader as well was named captain for the first time and it was sort of the same thing he was he was in his locker and just kind of staring at his phone he's the one who told me he was named captain probably about two hours before it was announced and and so it means a lot to these guys and i think when you think about potential letdowns and all of those things this team is just so focused and task oriented all of those things and they have the right leaders in place whether it's young guys like joe burrow uh, or old uncle mike like michael thomas who's bounced around the league but has, has found a home here in cincinnati
0: yeah and i think von bell's a hell of a player i mean i don't know if he's going to be oh, here no beyond doubt. this coming year but i mean that guy that guy's a player, man, and he brings it every single game, and he is one of the defensive captains as well. Yes. Uh, so that that's really, really good to see. James, I know you got to run. Can't thank you enough for your time today. Look forward to catching up with you next week. You got any kind of field prediction before you go on the game?
2: I think it's going to be sort of ugly early. Uh, a a defensive-based game, Von Bell probably going to have a big game. I, I, by the way, I love Von Bell too. Mostly because he wakes up at like 4 a.m. to work out.
0: <laughs> God, I one wish day, I could do that. One, yeah,
2: one day maybe I'll get to that level. But, uh, no, I, I think this defense shows up, plays at a really high level. And the offense starts slow, finishes fast, and the Bengals win 24-20.
0: Okay, wow, 24-20. You don't expect him to cover the spread. All I right. don't. Okay, James. All right. I may have to alter my picks after talking to you. We have those coming up later on. Hey, have a great weekend. Enjoy the season opener. Your stuff is awesome. And uh, I know everybody and his brother is following it. If you want to know what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals, James Rapine is your guy. James, thanks for your time. Of course. Thanks for having me. James Rapine. From Sports Illustrated, you can follow him on Twitter, follow him everywhere. I mean, you just heard it. He's a guy that's down there in the locker room. He's breaking stories and DJ readers telling him two hours before the Bengals even announce who their uh, starters are. And James is all over it. And uh, I wish I had to stop down to 50 West. I lived at, right down the road from there last night, uh, if, the road from that place. My, my son's first job was in that place. He was out there filling the fire pits and picking up trash. That's what every 15-year-old ought to be doing out there right out there labor hard labor and you know what the coolest thing about that was i don't mean to get overly personal for a second was but his first job was at 50 west which is right there on wooster pike when i was a kid my first job working as a dishwasher is the building across the street that is now owned by 50 west it used to be the heritage restaurant for a lot of you old enough in this town to remember that was after probably um, uh, why am i drawing a blank on the five-star restaurant downtown forever what's the name of the place come on was there forever the commissars owned it famous five-star restaurant downtown you guys are too young to remember this i can't believe i'm drawing a blank but anyway the heritage was one of the top two or three restaurants in his town and um, so he and i basically had our first jobs at the same place that was really cool All right, when we come back, we're gonna tell you what's going on in sports still to come later today. We are going to be making our picks, Casey, Brandon, and me, for teams that are going to be in the playoffs, who will play in the AFC Championship game, who will play in the NFC Championship game, and then much later in the show, we're going to be making our picks against the spread for this coming weekend. Brian Billick will join us shortly to talk about some of the big-picture stories around the NFL, including Kyler Murray. Big game there for Arizona, right? Right out of the chute, hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. And we'll talk to him about Lamar Jackson. Is he going to get a long-term contract? The deadline's today. And they say they're not negotiating during the year. I don't know. When we come back, we'll tell you what's happening in the world of sports. You're watching Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench presented by UDF. We got a lot happening on Chatterbox Sports and want to talk about some of those things before we get to what's happening in the world of sports. Uh, We have our coverage of high school football and I can tell you, no one does it better. No one does it better than Chatterbox Sports. That's been proven for a number of years now. We try and run that thing like a big time uh, presentation of a football game. Our game day show is off the charts. I mean, it's just like college game day that you see on ESPN. We're right there. The set, big, huge video board, students in the background, all kinds of stuff going on. Bishop Hartley at McNick is our big game tonight, our featured game. But, of course, we have many, many others besides that one. Um, We have a number of shows that we are launching. Brandon, you're getting ready to start your show that has to do with mental health. Tell yep. us about that. When's it starting? And you're getting all kinds of feedback uh, from people who would like to join you on the show.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. So it's going to be the mental game. Going to talk to different athletes, coaches, musicians, entertainers about how they've dealt with their career, ups and downs, mental health. Uh, I got a couple guys lined up right now for this week. We've already shot with Sam Hubbard of the Bengals. We're going to have uh, Shea Patterson, the old star QB at Ole Miss in Michigan. Marty Gilliard, the former American All-American at UC. His story is is wild? Amazing. You, you know, he he lived in his, got kicked off a team. Yeah. For that 2009 season, lived in his car, worked three jobs, and then came back and was a third round pick, all American, one of the best return men in the country. Stories like that to help younger athletes or younger people that are hoping to get to his level of of fame and success. I think those types of stories are going to be really cool. I used to work at LSU, so I'm trying to figure out a day to go down to Miami and get Ed Ogeron, Coach O going to be a lot of fun guests on that
0: show and hopefully help a lot of people, too. That's great stuff. Very much looking forward to that. And you're launching when? November 1. November 1. Okay. Paul Fritschner is launching a show, gambling show, called Not Too Picky. That's a great name, Not Too Picky. He'll be joining us uh, later in the program to talk about uh, some of the wagers for those of you that are inclined uh, for that kind of thing. So a lot happening. We have shows going building up this Chatterbox Sports Network. We want you to be a part of it, and we're grateful that you're with us here today. All right, last night, the National Football League kicked off its season with a matchup that many believe has a chance to be again in the Super Bowl, and that's the Buffalo Bills at the L.A. Rams. We had Reuben Brown, as I brought up earlier yesterday, and he said, you got to show me. Well, last night, the Bills showed you. They looked fantastic. That's all you can say. Josh Allen is so talented. Um, He doesn't have the biggest name weapons in the world. Certainly nowhere close to the Bengals, but he has guys that can play. Reuben Brown wondered about the offensive line. We'll see. Uh, I did not think the Rams looked good at all. You know, it's funny, Joe Burrow got sacked seven times in that Super Bowl, and the Bengals got beat at the very end of the game. Matthew Stafford was sacked seven times last night, and that game was a rout. I turned it off when it went uh, 31-10, whatever it was. Four touchdowns for Allen. Von Miller leaves the Rams, goes to the Bills, and he's all over the place, as he normally is. So, week one. You have to say, with all the hype, the Bills lived up to it. All right, the hometown Bengals start their season Sunday, 1P, at what is now called Paycor Stadium. And it's a division game right out of the gate against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is the first time, think about this for a minute, ask yourself a question. Where were you in 2010. 2010, that was the last time the Steelers, right? All of a sudden, this is the first time now as we sit in 2022. 2010 was the last time the Steelers played a week one game in the NFL where the quarterback was not named Ben Roethlisberger. That is unbelievable. Mike Tomlin in his 16th year. We know Mitchell Trubisky is going to get the started quarterback, former number one pick of the Chicago Bears in his first year with the Steelers. You heard from James Rapine, Joe Burrow, all systems go. After the uh, appendectomy, which forced him to miss the entire preseason, the Bengals are a six and a half point favorite. We will talk about those picks later on. What do you think? Six and a half home. James Rapine just said he doesn't think the Bengals cover. Okay? And James is an informed cat. Doesn't mean he's right, but an informed guy. All right, elsewhere in the AFC North, Baltimore. Many believe the Ravens are the best team. They're at the Jets. In 2021, the Ravens were arguably the most injured team in the NFL, including their MVP star quarterback, Lamar Jackson. They had that big run early in the year, looked great, even though the Bengals wiped them out twice. Over the course of the year, J.K. Dobbins went down. The entire backfield went down. But everybody looks to be back this year. So, one interesting note in that game. The last big-time Ravens quarterback, Joe Flacco, remember him? Won him a Super Bowl there in Baltimore, right? Under Coach John Harbaugh. He is starting for the Jets in this game. Kickoff at 1 o'clock in the Meadowlands. Ravens are a 7-point favorite. We'll pick that game later. And last but not least, the Cleveland Browns. In what might be the most interesting game of the entire weekend, because as you know, Baker Mayfield, the Browns' former number one pick, he was the number one overall pick in the draft, and that was just in 2018. They tell him to hit the road. He led them, of course, to the playoffs. Their first win in the playoffs in forever. He became expendable when Cleveland signed Deshaun Watson. And uh, Watson, as you know, is suspended for 11 games. The Browns have Jacoby Brissett as their starting quarterback. The Browns, as a footnote, are spending. $64 million at the quarterback position this year. $64 million on Mayfield, Watson, who can't play, and Jacoby Brissett. Other top games include the Packers and the Vikings. Good matchup. A lot of believe – many believe that the Vikings are a better team. Um Kirk Cousins has got to prove to me he can win a big game. And this is a big game, season opener, divisional game. Buccaneers at Cowboys, great matchup. Tom Brady going to Dallas and Dak Prescott. And we mentioned the Chiefs and the Cardinals. All right, college football. The UC Bearcats sold out crowd tomorrow at Nippert, their home opener against Kennesaw State. We told you yesterday, the Owls won the Big South Conference last year. They went 11-2, advanced to the playoffs for the fourth straight year. And um, should be a route, I would think. Ohio State, speaking of routes, plays at noon in the shoe against Arkansas State. The Ohio University is at Penn State for the Nittany Lions home opener. Big time game there for the Bobcats. Miami will host Robert Morris. Among the biggest games over the weekend, I think this has a chance to be a great game. Number 20, Kentucky. We'll go to number 12, Florida. Florida did not start the year in the top 25. But then they beat Utah at home and go all the way to number 12. Big game in the swamp. Another interesting game, number 24, Tennessee. College football is better when the volunteers have good teams, and they haven't forever. I mean Forever. And for those uh, of you old enough to remember, there was a time where they were right there in the title hunt every year. They're going to number 17, Pitt. And then there's number one, Alabama, going to Texas to take on the Texas Longhorns. Quinn Ewers, the Ohio State transfer, a couple of touchdown passes in week one in a blowout game. This is a big test for him and Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns. By the way, if you missed it, Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney yesterday signs a 10 year, $115 million contract. The only college football coach making more than him is naturally Nick Saban. It's the way it should be. And lastly, Major League Baseball's Competition Committee is set to vote today, later today, on rule changes. That would begin next year. Those changes include a pitch clock, which they've been using in the minor leagues for a number of years. Bigger bases, so larger bases, right, to start perhaps creating the running game a little bit more. You get to the bag faster, right, if it's a bigger base. Um, The elimination of defensive shifts. That's a huge one. And basically the idea is you can't have more than two infielders on one side of the diamond. So you can't see that thing where three are pulled over for a uh, right-handed batter. You also can't have any of your infielders playing in the outfield grass. So, you know, a guy like Joey Votto through the years, teams are playing at second baseman out in short right field. He hits a rope out there that for, you know, 150 years has been a base hit. And a guy catches a ball or plays a hard liner on one hop and throws him out at first. No more of that. And another very interesting one, which I never heard anybody talk about this. They're voting on how many times a pitcher can disengage from the rubber. Now, you might be saying, well, big deal. Well, it is a big deal. Because if you've got a guy over at first, and all of a sudden the pitcher's stepping off, right, or steps off and throws to first, they're going to limit how many times you can do that. So think about the strategy involved in that for a second let's say it's two times and you got a runner over there first base who's a good base runner you don't see a lot of stolen bases anymore but we might see more that's the goal so all of a sudden that pitcher if he disengages from the rubber a couple of times that base runner now all of a sudden knows that he can't throw to first again so the idea the goal of all of this is to increase the action quicken the pace of play And cut down on time of game. Will it work? I have no idea. I don't know. They ought to be more worried. Those are good things. But they should be more worried about finding a way to get young people to follow baseball. Because Rob Manfred said when he came in as a commissioner, the two things that needed to change. Pace of play and getting younger fans. Neither one of those has happened, however long he's been commissioner. Hasn't happened. I wish him well, though. Love the game. Love the sport. Like to see it get back on its feet a little bit. All right, when we come back, Brian Billick, former Super Bowl winning head coach with the Baltimore Ravens, is going to join us to talk about some of the the big news and notes around the National Football League. Back in a flash. All right, welcome to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We're joined each and every week by my old partner in the broadcast booth back in our days at Fox, Super Bowl winning head coach Brian Billick, who now, as we introduced you last week, introduced him last week, working as an offensive analyst under Herm Edwards at Arizona State University. 40-3, to 3, the Sun Devils in the opening game. Coach, took you a little while to get it rolling, but once you got it rolling, you had it rolling. Yeah, good
3: win. You know, we got a lot of new moving parts, as does everybody given the portal now in college football. Our quarterback, Emory Jones, played very, very well. You know, you worry about those games because they can kind of get sloppy, and it didn't. The guys stayed focused. We hated to give up the three. The defense had a shutout, but late in the first half, we fumbled the ball and, and gave them an opportunity for a field goal. So you hated to do that to the defense. But uh, we step up a division this this week. We go to into Stillwater to play Oklahoma State. Good, good game.
0: Yeah, Oklahoma State, a top 10, top 12 team, uh, and looked like it in week one until the fourth quarter. Almost let that thing get away. Um, Let's shift gears, though, to why we have you here to talk about the NFL. Uh, Here in Cincinnati, and you know all about uh, the AFC North with uh, your days in the Ravens and the Browns and the Bengals and the Steelers. Week one, right out of the gate. Division game, Cincinnati v. Pittsburgh. Mitchell Trubisky named as the starting quarterback by Mike Tomlin yesterday. So we're good. Um, Talk a little bit about Trubisky. He was a starter in Chicago, number two overall pick. Had a decent second year. Things have not gone as well since then, but now back in the starting role. This is a good move by Tomlin, you think? Trubisky over Kenny Pickett.
3: Well, pick it. I mean, their number one overall pick, obviously, and I'm a believer. We've talked about this many times, Tom. That, that you play those guys are. I mean, you he's going to be your quarterback. You don't take a, a pick number one and then him not be the guy. You can understand sometimes the mentality as well. We'll let Trubisky go, and, and the question is, when does that change happen? Does it happen after a couple bad games? Does, what happens if, if Trubisky now steps up to form and they're playing pretty good and you keep holding that off Every snap that Pickett gets in 2022, the Pittsburgh Steelers will be better in 2023. So that change is going to happen. Uh, Trubisky is a good, solid player. Uh, we've seen what that can be about. Uh, he can run around, make some plays. He can make some big plays. He can throw the ball to the other guys a great deal. So this is going to be interesting in Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin, defensive guy, likes to keep the margins tight play good defense. If, if Trubisky starts to turn the ball over a little bit, I think you could see that quick pull and go with Pickett.
0: Um, as far as uh, week one, uh, you always hear so much in, in every walk of life, but especially athletics, about you know flipping on that switch. You can't just flip on that switch. But as a head coach, when, when you used to walk your teams for a decade as a head coach in the NFL through training camp and two a days and preseason games and now we're down to three of those instead of four uh but then all of a sudden bang you show up uh the week before the season opener do you see an enormous difference in just straight adrenaline not from the coaches but also the players when they show up that week before the first game no question two things one the veterans
3: all of a sudden they're energized. You know, they've survived training camp. They've gotten through it. But now it's the real deal. You've cut down to, to playing weight, so to speak, so you know who your guys are. And the whole tempo of everything picks up. And the veterans, under you know, you expect that in the veterans. The hard part is the rookies, they they think they know what the NFL is about now. You know, they've been in three preseason games. Okay, I know, I know how to, you know, no. You have no idea how that next emotional and physical step up uh, and that's the thing that, that you want to prepare the rookies for. It's going to shock them, uh, particularly if you have guys in important roles. But the opener is always great. I mean, everybody's going to the Super Bowl, everybody's ready to go. You're ready for the opener to happen. Uh, it's an exciting time, but it is, it's an anxious time for a coach because it's always about, God, just, I got to get that first win. You got to get off to a good start because come Monday or I guess Tuesday uh, of next week, half the league is going to be in panic mode. Half the league is, oh, my God. You know, and that's just one game. Yeah, I get that. But the whole mentality and the building, when are we going to get that win? And the other half is ready to make their Super Bowl arrangements. And then the following Tuesday, you got probably another quarter of the league that all of a sudden the world is over. So it's the, you know, handling those emotional up and downs of these teams.
0: Now, after you were inducted into the Ring of Honor there with the Baltimore Ravens franchise, you made your home many years after you stopped coaching that team. Uh, in the greater Baltimore, D.C. Uh, area there. So I'm sure you're still very much in tune with what's going on with the Ravens. A lot of people feel like they are the best team in the AFC North going into this season. Lamar Jackson's coming back from injury. There was a lot of talk they were going to get his contract done. Um, and this big whopping deal that would put him in that same price range as Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. Um what are your thoughts about having a player of that magnitude? He's already been a league MVP, might win another one. It might be this year. But the fact that he still doesn't have that contract done. Does, 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 as a head coach, even though you're not negotiating a contract necessarily with his agent, are, are there things you have to do or don't do with a player in his position now the season is getting ready to start?
3: Well, the, some players can handle that. Some can't. Uh, the position by nature is one, no, you don't want this going on uh, because now you're just waiting for the shoe drop. There's no question in their commitment to Lamar Jackson. The question is, what is that number going to be? And you just saw Russell Wilson, the mega contract and the guarantee. It's really all about the guaranteed money. And more and more, we're seeing the quarterbacks getting larger and larger chunks, if not like in the NBA, the entire contract guaranteed. So my guess, and I have no way of knowing, my guess is it's about, okay, how big is the guaranteed money going to be? And you can see from Lamar's standpoint, and it's unique negotiation because his mother is his agent. So that adds a dimension to it. Um, but you could see part of the mentality being, okay, I'll, they can franchise me next year. I'll take that franchise tag. What is that? 25, 27 million? Not too bad. And then I'll, I'll go to the free agent market and and see what that mega contract could be. So, you know, Joe Flacco did that. Uh, and, and ended up on the year they went to the Super Bowl and ended up getting a huge contract for himself never really played up to it after that but he kind of bet on himself that way. Um, and, and so that could be the case right now. the Ravens want to get it done and and but to do it now, if it's not done at the beginning of the season, um, they I think see and recognize this is probably not something we want. We would just want to nip at the bud to say, okay no, we're not going to talk about it until the off season. and if all of a sudden get done in November, great. No harm, no foul. Hey, we were wrong. We were able to come together. But to set the mentality of, okay, quit asking us because we're not even going to negotiate till the end of the year. You can see them doing that.
0: One guy who did get a big money contract um, is Kyler Murray. Much was made about the contract and some of the language in that contract. It had specifically to do with the amount of time that he was putting in away from Um, the facility in terms of his preparation now what is accurate what is not accurate I don't know but I think it's safe to say uh, it's a fact that there was language in that contract that at least expressed that concern now the Cardinals have come out Murray has come out the head coach has come out and everybody said we're all cool do you believe all is cool
3: no, that, that was a debacle from step one. It was a mis- huge mistake by the organization, huge mistake by Murray. Uh, to even have that in there, you're you're right. I mean, money talks, right? Follow the money. And they, putting that into the contract to that degree, on the aside, look, we have these concerns. We want you to do this. Okay, that, that's fine. That works. But to have the concern to the degree that you actually put it in the contract, there's no walking that back. That's a big red flashing neon sign that says, we're concerned about your leadership ability and your commitment to what you're doing. And you can walk it back all now and I'm doing what I'm doing and this is just what I do. That's all well and good. but And if you win, okay, yeah, you, you blow by it. But if they start to struggle a little bit, things are now it's, well, how much time did you spend this week? And what were you looking at? I mean, it all comes rushing back. Um, I just thought it was a huge it was an embarrassment for the organization, it was an embarrassment uh for the quarterback.
0: Um, in Green Bay, uh everyone knows the greatness, future Hall of Famer, not even any debate about it, uh, Aaron Rodgers. But the best receiver in the game walks out the door in Devontae Adams. Um very early on in training camp uh and in the preseason. Aaron Rodgers brings everybody into a room if you believe what you read. Coaches, receivers, everybody, and says, fellas, th- th- this is not how it's done, and this is not going to get it done. Guys are running the wrong routes, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, another question there. You're the head coach. You've got the franchise player who has walked, uh, watched some some key pieces, including Adams, walk out the door. Uh, everybody thinks that they're still a Super Bowl team. i got to tell you, Brian, I, I, I look at their receivers, uh, and, and maybe some guys step up that you're not assuming or, or counting on stepping up. I don't think the Packers are as good as they were a year ago. What are your thoughts?
3: Well, when you lose the player, the, the stature of Devontae Adams, yeah, you, you don't just replace that, except Aaron Rodgers. What, what do we always say about the, the great ones? They raise level play of those around them. And Aaron Rodgers has done that for years at the wide receiver position. He's complained about that forever. Uh, and they've kind of gone in and out. The receiving core is, is not all that bad. You've got Alan Lazard and Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb. So he's got some moving pieces there. Do they, are they going to miss the little Adams? Uh, absolutely. Uh, but, but Aaron Rodgers has that ability to rise them up. You have to look at the NFC North as well. Minnesota's certainly in transition. Chicago, we'll see if Justin Fields is gonna step up and live into that that promise. Detroit's the black hole, as we know, everything just kind of disappears once it goes to Detroit, so we'll see how they step up. So clearly in the division, I think they have a chance to, I think they're the best team in the division. Are they gonna be, one, you know, when it comes down to the end with the Rams, I think San Francisco is gonna be pretty good. Um, you know, the Cowboys, again, as always, people think, you know, could be pretty good. Um, so this is this – is, uh, and, and you can't – oh, Tom Brady and Tampa Bay and everything that's going on in the South. So, yeah, I think they're going to be there. Are they a great team? Can they can they grow into it? And what, what Aaron's telling them, guys, this has got to be better. we got to get into that groove that we know we can be pretty good at. I wouldn't dismiss that as happening, but clearly, yeah, you don't lose a Devontae Adams. You just go, ah, oh, no problem. We'll just replace him with the next guy.
0: You, you mentioned the 49ers. Um, and I find this to be one of the most interesting situations – uh, that there is in the NFL going into this season, they made that that blockbuster deal to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo's won a lot of games, and, and you and I have talked a lot about this very topic, going all the way back to when we worked together, and, and in subsequent years and ten of them since. Um, about you know, so many people are wrapped up in stats and numbers and quarterback ratings and all these other things. But the bottom line is, for any head coach and any franchise and any quarterback, is do you win games? Okay, Garoppolo won a ton of games. You just mentioned a short while ago. You don't draft a guy in the first round to have him sit around. And now all of a sudden, after they get to the NFC Championship game last year, a game they easily could have won, by the way. In fact, I would make the argument they should have beaten the Rams in that game and played in the Super Bowl against Cincinnati. But Garoppolo's won a ton of games. Are you surprised they're making the switch just based on that, that they have a team that has proven they can win games, and now you're putting all of these expectations in the hands of a guy that that, that we don't know if he can do it?
3: Yeah. We've talked about it many times. One of the hardest things to do is to separate the play of a quarterback from what's going on around him, both good and bad. How much is it is just good team around him, much like you've seen in San Francisco? How much of it is boy, he just doesn't have the supporting cast and therefore he's not looking good and, and that's not his fault. They made this decision. This wasn't a recent decision. This was, they made this decision when they turned in the card and the first round pick of Trey Lance. That clock started. And like we just talked about with the Trubisky, the picket thing in Pittsburgh. Okay, what's the timing of that? Maybe we'll get him a little play the first year and then start him the second year. Uh, But they made that decision when they turned in that card on Trey Lance. They now have Trey Lance. They've had a little bit of a sampling of him during last year. They've got an entire training camp. They're wrapping the offense around it. They believe he's the guy. But they turn around and give now a pretty substantial contract to Jimmy Garoppolo for just in case because we are a good football team. The question becomes, at what point, just like we talked about in Pittsburgh, at what point does that change happen? How bad does Trey Lance have to look? And is Trey Lance now looking over his shoulder with every mistake, every interception? Um, uh, and, and, And you get down to the point where, you know, there's only 17 of these games and everyone counts. And so it's not like, you know in baseball i will let this guy go for you know three four five to a week a month and and eh, no okay we'll send him down the minors and change gears that's not how it works here so that that's going to be the interesting part of it but they made that decision when they took trey lance and you're right about garoppolo i, I hearken back to a, a conversation i had with mike shanahan kyle shanahan's dad at the league meetings one year and we were talking i forget about the quarterback we were talking about uh a guy that we had had and he asked me he said can he make plays outside the design of the offense? You know that's what you really that you really need a quarterback that can can do that outside a Patrick Mahomes type. You know Aaron Rodgers makes makes a lot out of if the particular play call isn't just right. Jimmy Garoppolo has been a really solid quarterback. They've won a lot of games, and he can orchestrate the offense very very well. Obviously, they had concerns or thought that Trey Lance is a guy that can now deliver them plays outside the design of the offense. Not just running around, but coming out of the pocket, making throws, all those types of things. So that's they made that decision before. Uh, they've t- made it very clear what Garoppolo is by making that, that draft choice of Trey Lance. So, yeah, it, it, the fact that he's still there, though, it's good in t- if you need him, but the dynamic of the team and, and the players know. Right now, that's going. That would be my question. What are the players saying? Going, oh boy, well I'm grab- glad Garoppolo's not gone because we may need it. Because the players want to win now. The players that are there now, they're not about this developing quarterback. Well, you got to win now, you know, because that affects me and my payday and how I do going forward. Uh, or do they are they cranked up about Trey Lance and excited about him? So it creates a lot of issues in the locker room, good or bad. That that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out.
0: All right, last thing I want to ask you about, uh, and it pertains to the Bengals. When you were offensive coordinator in Minnesota, you guys broke every record known to man uh, offensively. I mean, you got Chris Carter running around and you got Randy Moss who just come into the league. You, you, You got everything going on. There's so much talk here in Cincinnati about all the weapons, right? And I mean, they are some serious weapons. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. I think Tyler Boyd's an outstanding player. And he's their number three receiver. You got Mixon in the backfield. They bring in Hayden Hurst to play tight end. Can a team, Brian, as a play caller, because you want everybody to be quote-unquote happy, can a team have too many weapons? Is there such a thing?
3: No, no. But it does take some orchestration. You have to have the right guys. You're right. It's interesting to me how Cincinnati is kind of under the radar. I mean, this is a team went to the Super Bowl last year. They're going to protect – uh, and now a, a, a healthy Joe Burrow in a division that, that with Pittsburgh in flux, Cleveland in flux, Baltimore, I think, is going to be pretty good. But they're in flux there as well, defensively of all places. They've got a really good, solid tight end core, but they're receiving core. We talk about lack of real substantial guys on the outside. Now they got Lamar Jackson. So I, I think Cincinnati is the front runner in the AFC North. Uh, and it's funny how they've fallen under the radar. But to answer your question directly, that group that we had, that had Chris Carter, that had Randy Moss, had Jake uh, Reed on the outside, could hand the ball off to, to Robert Smith or Leroy Horde, Andrew Glover at tight end. That was a selfless group. They understood, hey, and as this week goes on, if I do really good one week, well, then someone else is going to do better, you know, well the next week because they're going to, you know, they're going to take me away. And they were fine with that. And, and they recognized that the success of one led to their success, even though it may affect their specific numbers. And that's why that group was so good. They were all in. They were all about the team. Um, and, and Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, obviously, is going to be key in holding that together. That Chase and Higgins and Boyd and, and Hurst, who was you know, a first-round pick out of Baltimore, I think he's an excellent tight end, got put into the shadow of Mark Andrews, who was a later pick for them and ended up being... You know a, a superstar so they ended up you know him, him, him moving on he's a good football player so they do have a lot of talent uh but they got to take the lead of joe burrow who's now established enough if you were a young rookie i'd be worried but burrow's got enough stature enough pelts on the wall to go calm down guys i don't want to hear it you know i'm going to get the ball to whoever's open you all get open i uh, will turn around and hand it off to joe mixon and and uh, you you just you just do the job you just be there when i need you they they they'll orchestrate that okay.
0: All right, Brian. Always appreciate your time and uh, good luck this weekend against Oklahoma State. And we'll catch up after All week right. one. It's going to be exciting. Time to get it rolling. We'll do it, man. All right, buddy. Brian Billick, kind enough to join us. We thank him for his time as always. But that guy's still so dialed into what's going on, man. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I just. And and, and it's hard for me to shut up. But, I mean, how many times all the the, the years I was working with him and you'd sit in that meeting room the night before a game and start talking about different things and different players and different situations, and he had just written a book. Uh, It remind me, uh, some of you who are watching on YouTube sometime, um, uh, to ask him sometime down the road about Achilles Smith. Because when Achilles Smith was coming out of college – Uh, Brian Billick will tell you he thought Achilles Smith was going to be a really good pro. Now, we know what happened, and it's not to take a shot at Achilles Smith in any form or fashion, Uh, but it's really interesting his thoughts um, when he was back running the Ravens and head coach of the Ravens about Smith and what he was capable of doing coming out of college going into the NFL. All right, still more to come off the bench presented by UDF. Back in a moment. Welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. And our high school football coverage continues tonight. Bishop Hartley at McNick, our featured game. Game day leading up to kickoff. It's going to be great stuff. Guys are already setting up out there, getting ready to roll. Ready to roll. Big night. Uh, our Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies encore technologies provides i.t solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center supporting both centralized and work from home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity we invite you to log on and visit encore.tech the path to innovation begins here john burns larry shakley the whole crew over there At Encore, we thank them for being a part of our program each and every day. The offensive line for the Bengals. I saw a stat not too long ago. The Joe Burrow, who, as you know, led the league last year in completion percentage. Think about about this for one second. You might be saying, duh, but to, to read it again, it's been a while. He led the league last year in completion percentage. He also led the league in the number of times that he was sacked. So you think about all the money the Bengals have spent on that offensive line. If they could cut by a third, I mean, you'd like it to be more than that. But if they could cut that number by a third on the number of sacks allowed to Burrow, can you imagine what he's capable of doing with those players around him? If he gets an extra second or two to throw the football with Chase and Higgins and Boyd and Hurst and all these guys running around all over the field. It, 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 is, it is mind-boggling how good Burrow and this Bengals offense can be. I, just those two numbers alone. Amazing. Joe Burrow was asked about this brand-new offensive line. They'll be in front of him on Sunday against the Steelers. Here's Joe Burrow. One of the best fronts in the league. Good test for us week one.
3: What do you know about your line... Now, Joe, that you didn't know four or six weeks
4: ago? I wouldn't say anything. I mean, I know I knew what we were going to get when we came into camp. I knew the kind of guys we got in free agency and the guys we drafted. So I'm excited about them. They're tough, physical, smart players that are going to help us.
2: Why do you think Ted Karras is such an
5: ideal captain?
4: He's a vocal leader, brings the energy every day. You know what you're going to get out of him every single day in practice. And I expect I know what what, what I'm going to get on Sundays.
0: Going to be really, really interesting to see this offensive line together. Collins has dealt with some, you know, nicked up stuff. Uh, Did not look good against the Rams, uh, but they feel like he's ready to go. And um, this is going to be fun to watch. All right. We've been telling you all week that today is the day we're going to make our picks. Casey McAllister, Brandon Seho, and me for our playoff picks in the National Football League. Fellas, are you ready to roll? Let's do this. Let's do it. Okay.
1: A lot of excitement. Hey, by the way, the wall.
0: We got Burrow added now. I tell you guys, I've kicked you in front of the bus a little bit. There's a very strong chance that might happen regularly, might happen in 10 minutes from now. That's but okay. I have to say, with the ability to not only produce the program, but while we were in that segment with Brian Billick, you guys were able to hang the Joe Burrow jersey, adding to the Steve Logan and Johnny Bench jerseys. You brought that Burrow jersey in, right, Casey? Yeah, I brought that So in. does that mean, I mean, would you have normally worn that on, on Sunday?
4: No, uh, actually, I have a Jamar Chase jersey now.
0: And you'll wear that? Yeah. To so the tailgate? Yes. The big tailgate. We'll or talk where
1: about you're playing beer pong with me well, on I'm not Sunday. sure about
0: that one. All right. I mean, well, quite, not I, I'm quite me. sure I won't be, but that's okay. Um, you're going to let down Zim Hude. I would never do that to my man, Zim Hude. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Let's start in the AFC North, where my choice to win it, repeat winners, the Cincinnati Bengals. Casey, Brandon.
4: Who do you think we're gonna pick?
0: Okay, is this a, is this gonna turn into a Homer show? Well, you, you with those the you, last thing automatic. in the world I want this to be the, is the, a Homer show. The
1: bank, okay, but the Bengals just went to the Super Bowl. Like Dan Hord said yesterday, they only got better. They went out and they they meant business and free agency. Got three new offensive linemen in the first seventy-two hours. I, I just don't I don't understand. Oh, the Bills looked good last night. We already talked about yeah. this. but in the division, the Ravens are healthy. Lamar Jackson really good. The Browns, I don't understand why people think they're no, going to win the division. They're not that's even. Not, in a, the discussion. not a chance. No, no. But I, I think the Bengals are the real deal again. And they only got better.
4: Okay. I only got one name to say, and that's Joe Burrow. Okay. He's the dude. All
0: right. Fair enough. But, but but this show cannot and will not turn into a homer show. It can't. Unless it's Ohio University. And yeah, that's a little bit different ballgame. The <laughs> Mighty Bobcats. <laughs> All right, where are we going next here? We're going to the AFC East, where, after watching last night, even before last night, Buffalo, you guys the same on this one? Yeah. Yeah, Okay, that's easy across the board. I think New England's going to be better than people think. Yeah. I'm a big Belichick guy. Who wouldn't be a big Belichick guy? You may not like him, but that guy, 23 years, um, the best of all time. I would make the argument. All right, next up, we go to the AFC West. This is a really good division. The best in the NFL. And, uh, and once again, I think Kansas City's a team to beat, even though I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year without Tyreek Hill. Gentlemen?
4: Yeah, uh, I'm going with Denver just because. Denver. Yeah, I'm going to kind of go with the trend. A disgruntled quarterback goes to a new team, does really well. I think it's Denver here. Now, yeah. I, I will say this. The AFC West could possibly host all three teams, or all four teams, excuse me, in the playoffs. Yeah. It is possible. It's they possible. can all take the wild card spots. Yeah.
0: It's but. possible. Because you've got the, the Chargers. A lot of people think they're going to be really, really good. Uh, and, of course, the Raiders were in the playoffs last year. Casey, you're going uh, – Brandon, you're going with Kansas City as well. Yeah, even though the Bengals swept
1: them last year, they're not in the division. So, uh, yeah, I mean – I don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I know they lost Tyreek Hill. Still have the Bearcat, Travis Kelsey, and plenty of other weapons. I covered uh, Clyde Edwards, a at LSU. I just think that team's still loaded. The defense is really good, too, including Brian Cook, the kid from right here in Cincinnati that played at UC.
0: Safety. Kansas City all the way. Okay. And that leaves the AFC South. Uh, I had a hard time with this one because I'm a huge Mike Vrabel fan. I think he's a great coach. Um, but they lost their 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 leading sacker from a year ago, uh, out with a knee injury for the year. They still have a great run game. Tannehill has proven me wrong, much better than than I would have ever imagined. So, but but this year, Matt Ryan uh, feels like he has a chance to win again. He's a new quarterback in Indy. I go with the Colts, gentlemen. Yeah, I'm
4: going with the Colts as well. Uh, Matt Ryan specifically as uh, a Head and shoulders, better quarterback than Carson Wentz ever will be. And I also like a sleeper guy, Alec Pierce, the UC guy. Yes. Homer show. <laughs> the Homer it show. Is. It is. is. What it's turning into. It's turning into it. But Wild I, show. I really think he's going to emerge as a solid number two, possibly even borderline number one receiver for that team.
1: Okay. Brandon. I'm going with your boy, Vrabes. I got it. I, I just, I think last year they're the number one seed. They choked against the Bengals. They lost in their first game, in the first matchup in the divisional round. I think they come back this year,
0: win the division, get at least one playoff win. Okay. All right. So uh, we've got some nice differences here. Are we going to the NFC? NFC North have to take Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Casey, Brandon, same? Yeah. All right. We move on. (laughs) We move on. We go next to the NFC West. Now, this is an interesting one. I – if the 49ers had Garoppolo at quarterback, I would have picked him. Wow, but they really? don't. They've got a rookie, and I'm not going down that road. Uh, Rams looked terrible last night, uh, just awful. Two new starters on the offensive line, gave up seven sacks. Stafford's getting hit, getting picked. Uh, defense was not good but having said all that the rams fellas i'm picking
4: 49ers kyle shanahan he he just forked out the entire future for trey lance so it's got to work right if not he just looks really dumb really stupid um and one, I, I watched Ally just get shellacked by the Bills It's night. one game. It's it, one game. But the thing that I'm going to point out here. They just
1: won the Super Bowl. I don't know if you remember that. I it's do, old news. They, it's they old have, news. They
4: have two players missing from that roster, Von Miller and Andrew Whitworth. And it showed last night. It did. It did. Von Miller tore them up. The the new right or left tackle, excuse me, that they have note boom or something like that. He looked bad. Against Von Miller. So, I'm going with 49ers. Not Mick a bad pick. I'm
1: going with L.A. Rams like Tom is. I just think they're going to figure it out.
0: They have too much talent to not win that division, but we'll see. That's right. We'll see. Okay. Next up, we go to the NFC East or the NFC Least. Um, it's that's a, that's a brutal division. America's Man, team. Yeah. You know what? That's not a fair word. It's not a sexy division. It is a rugged – I did a ton of NFC East games back with Fox. And when those teams match up, they are great games to watch more times than not. But I'm going with the Cowboys. I don't want to go with the Cowboys. I think they're the most overhyped, overrated team waiting for Dak Prescott to win a big game. But Dallas it is. Fellas? I'm going with the Eagles. Yeah, it's a good pick.
4: Yeah, I think their defense is just going to be monstrous this year. Uh, uh, Davis, the Georgia kid. Yep. I mean, i watched highlight clips of him this offseason. Just bulldozing over people. I, I can see it in the uh, the Eagles' future. They're going to be bulldozing over
1: everybody. Okay. I don't think yet. Going with the Cowboys as well. America's team. Oh. America's team, right? That's what they say. Did you ever say that on the air?
0: I don't think so. They're not my team. They're America's team. America's team. That's a a phenomenal stadium. It is awesome. That place is just incredible. All right. That takes us to the NFC South. Now, mentioning a moment ago about divisional games and how good they are when teams inside a division play one another, there is no division in football. And you can look this up statistically as far as what the point final numbers are uh In these games in the NFC South, they're phenomenal. Brady and the Buccaneers. Gents, the clean the sweep.
4: Yep. Can't bet against Tom Brady.
0: Cannot do it. Tom Brady and the Cowboys uh, uh, opens uh for Tampa Bay, opens the season against Dallas. We'll be getting to those picks a little bit later on. All right, what do we have left here? The wild card teams. Wild picks. card teams.
1: Show these all at once just for each person, I believe. This. Okay,
0: we start
1: in For some the... reason minor first. All in the right, AFC, Baltimore Chargers Colts.
0: Good ones, pretty solid. Yeah. Good ones. Okay, Casey. Uh,
1: I think
4: uh, I think mine are the Baltimore Ravens,
0: Chiefs, and Chargers. Yeah. Okay, so you have three teams in the uh, that we, you mentioned earlier in yep. the AFC West going mm-hmm. to the playoffs. I have the Chargers. The Ravens and the Titans. Okay, Uh, NFC Wild Card teams: Brandon, Cardinals, Panthers, Eagles, Panthers. So you're
1: betting betting on on Baker, baby. Let's go,
0: Baker Mayfield. Wow, he's out for blood. I tell you what's interesting: with all the people that said, um, you know, that 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 whatever they say about him, I, I hate when guys leave a place. And then former teammates start ripping him. If you're going to rip him, rip him while he's there. It yep. makes me crazy when guys do that stuff. Or they'll rip management after they've already left. If you don't like it, put your name to it and your words to it while you're there instead of actually uh, waiting until you've shown the door or walked out the door. Uh, there have been some nice things said about Baker Mayfield. Um, but, but a lot of things not so nice. And I'm not defending Baker Mayfield. But I do know he's a starter for the Panthers. They're playing the Browns this weekend. And he's been voted a team captain by the Carolina Panthers. Maybe every quarterback's a team captain, but he's a team captain. Um, okay, I go with the uh, – Casey, you go with this trio. Yep. Saints.
4: Yeah, I think uh, I think that's the sleeper for Famous me. Famous Jameis. It's either Saints or the Lions, honestly, for me. But the Saints, Lions? Yeah, the Lions.
0: Jared Goff? Yep.
4: They, when oh. you look at their roster from top to bottom oh. at least on offense the only oh. thing that they really have missed is Casey's new is to Jared football. Goff. We got to get him. <laughs> we got to get him. <laughs> Listen,
1: Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl. As long as
4: he's got yeah. the team around him, as, okay. as he I know pieces, the Bengals are good.
1: I know the Bengals were kind of like the poster child of a bad franchise makes a Super Bowl turns around, but Goff is not Burrow
0: and the Lions will always be the Lions. I will say this one of my favorite people i've ever been around in my life from the bottom of my heart was my broadcast partner for a number of years chris spielman former great ohio state linebacker he is now a a big executive with the lions Uh, he has a fingerprint on a lot of what they're doing including hiring dan campbell as a coach so no one is rooting for the lions more than me i want them to do well i want chris spielman to do well my wild card picks in the nfc the philadelphia eagles the Arizona Cardinals, ooh, I, I winced when I said it. And the New Orleans Saints. New head coach in New Orleans. Jameis Winston is now their quarterback. All in on Winston. I've been around that kid a lot. Um, a lot of people don't like him. He's had his issues. Who hasn't had their issues? I mean, at the end of the day, who hasn't had their issues and made their mistakes and done stupid shit when you're young or even when you're old or whatever it might be? But but Winston cares. He wants to be a great player. Throws a lot of interceptions, um, but I think he's got a chance to have a pretty good year. All right, we go to the championship games. We're not walking through the playoffs round by round, we are going right to the championship games. Conference champions, our our show has turned into a Homer show. It's the Homer (laughs) show. show. Hooday, baby. baby. Let's go. Oh, my God. This is, this is... Just say you believe. Is you it believe too late the to cancel this show?
1: Hear those Bengals yeah, growling, mean and angry. Yeah. Tom, come on and join For us.
4: Mean and hungry.
1: Dun dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. And, and defensively. Rough, tough Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> That's the team we're going to cheer
0: to victory touchdown Bengals put those points up on the and board and win the game for Cincinnati all right wow Homer show Oh my! we're going to rename the show presented by UDF the Homer show instead of off the bench all right when we come back we're going to have Paul Fritschner to talk about his new show we got here two more chat. picks two oh more. I'm sorry go ahead go ahead NFC I'm sorry NFC champions Tom Brady and the Bucks, And uh, I picked the 49ers.
1: Good man. pick. Good pick. And I am going totally different. Three different. Kyler
0: and company. Let's go. You heard those words from Brian Billick just a few moments ago about this whole Kyler Murray thing. I'm telling you, I lived out there for a long time. Um, he better be good from the start, or that whole thing is going to start up out there in Arizona. That's gone from a really Homer market to now being such a big city where guys have come from this place and that place in the media and everything, uh, he better be good early because there was something to the whole language in that contract about how much he's preparing to get ready for games. I don't All care right. what anybody says. Did we pick a Super Bowl winner? You ready we for it again? Oh, God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you- Natty right, Bengals. That's <laughs> the team we're going <laughs> to cheer to victory touchdown Bengals! put
0: those points up on the board and win the game for cincinnati all right we're back in a minute with paul Fritscher. <laughs> this is brutal our high school coverage gets going here tonight what well, you guys leaving that up here to prove it's a it's a uh homer show it's a homer show well our high school football coverage uh continues tonight um and our featured game, Bishop Hartley at McNick. It's a beautiful new stadium they built up there at McNicholas High School. Beautiful, beautiful. They used to have to add, use the Anderson High School football stadium. So did Turpin for a long, long time out there in the Forest Hills School District. Two best teams in Division One are Lakota West and Mulder, ultimately on a collision course to see who will go to the state final for. And Winton Woods is the best team in the state, D2. What a program they've got out there at Wynton Woods. All right. Uh, new show. And we're we're, pl- we're, we're we're pleased to be joined by Paul Fritschner, who, who does so much great work here at Chatterbox. But he does so much great work for a long time at his alma mater, Xavier University. Uh, and he is starting a new show, gambling-oriented show. Paul, how are you? Called Not Too Picky. Where, where are you, by the way?
5: Well, Tom, I don't know if you can see. Let's see if I can get a good angle here. We are out here. You can see right above us there, that's the Chatterbox van, that is a trademark vehicle. Uh, I know Casey and Brandon are going to be out here later today. That is the that is the van with which we are setting up our Chatterbox Sports game day show, and we're going to be live here from McNick. The show starts at 6.30. Trace Fowler and I will be calling the game tonight between Bishop Hartley and McNick, so it's going to be a fun day. It's a beautiful day. We've really lucked out with yep. weather. I'll tell you what, Tom, it has yep. been a few good weeks of, uh, of Friday night football. All
0: right, tell me, tell us about your new show.
5: Yeah, absolutely. So, sports gambling is starting in Ohio on January first. I don't think there's any secret about that. Ohio is the eighth most populous state in the country, and for my money, Tom. Ohio is gonna have the best gambling laws in the country. I don't think there's really any doubt about it. When you read about what Ohio was able to do, they pushed back the legislation for so long. It was legalized by the Supreme Court in 2018. New Jersey was on the forefront of that. And Ohio took a while. They kind of dragged their feet. They thought they were gonna get it done a couple of years ago. Things happened, they weren't able to get it done. COVID kind of pushed it back a little bit. They thought they were gonna be able to get it done in 2020. That didn't happen. And then finally by the end of 2021 ohio was able to get it done and not only did they get it done they got it done in a big way ohio is going to have probably uh number one if not number one number two of the best gambling laws in the entire country for sports gambling it's going to be a very very good place to wager on sports and i want to take advantage of that i want to use my show for a few reasons i'm going to focus on southwest ohio sports so any gambling line that starts at dayton goes down to northern kentucky that includes dayton wright state miami xavier uc fcc the reds the Bengals. i'm going to give you something to look at in each one of those games at least that's the premise of the show to start that's going to carry us all the way through the spring for sure i'm going to have guests on during the show and i'm also what i'm going to do is do a sports gambling 101 series so once or twice a month depending on how it all plays out i'm going to bring a guest on i'm going to bring some professionals on i'm going to bring some people that have been in the industry for a long time, some industry professionals out of Vegas. And I'm going to do a series of Sports Gambling 101 so that if you are living in Ohio, and especially in southwest Ohio, there shouldn't be anything that catches you off guard on January 1st when sports gambling launches. So it's inclusive, it's for the professionals, it's for the degenerates, but it's also for the people that are going to be going live on January 1st.
0: The degenerates, I love it. Uh, That's half our (laughs) office running around here. We were in here earlier and had guys talking about the Illinois spread for the weekend. I'm, I'm like, are you kidding me, Illinois? Um, anyway, so but your show to start out is gonna run a couple of days a week, how frequently, what time? Tell, tell all our audience about that.
5: Absolutely, your show is gonna run from 10 to 12 every day. Mine will run from probably in the two o'clock range, two to 2.45, somewhere we're still working on an exact time, but it's gonna launch next Thursday. It'll be Mondays and Thursdays every week, Uh, We have some more content that's going to launch that's going to be announced here soon. So we're going to have a lot of content going on here at Chatterbox. But uh, my show in particular, it's going to be Mondays and Thursdays live on YouTube in the afternoon. And then just like your show, Tom, it's going to be available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, anywhere you get your podcast so that you can listen back later. The idea is you have Monday, you can recap the weekend, especially once you get into college basketball season. That's one of my best sports to be able to look at and and you get through those midweek games. Then you look at Thursday, and you can look at the weekend line. So that splits both. It's a happy medium, and it's going to start next Thursday, the 15th.
0: All right, looking forward to it. Uh, Now, listen, I want you to stick around, and and it might be where you call us back here in a couple of minutes uh, because you'll be off air while we take this break. But what we're going to do is we're going to make our picks for the weekend. We'll, We'll rush through the college picks, and then when we get to the pro picks, after we make them, I want to hear what Paul thinks about our picks for the weekend. Absolutely. So, all right. We'll it. check back with you here in a minute. We'll be right back on Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. We are back on Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. Nothing is worse. In the than well, There's worse. But very few things over the course of a day when you run out of coffee and you can't refill it. I, I think I drink like eight of those a day. I was talking to my doctor the other day. He's like, dude. So, you know, he says, all your vitals are, are, are off the charts. But how about, you know, the caffeine? Everybody has their vices. Everybody has their vices, man. Monster. That, that, Monster from US. You know, Monster, by the way. It's not
1: good for you, I know.
0: We're going to get to this young lady later, but one of the women playing in the LPGA event, Jillian Hollis. That product... The only golfer they've ever sponsored was Tiger Woods. She is the second LPGA Rookie of the Year. More on her story here in a minute. Really cool story, by the way. Hits close to home. That's our cherry on top coming up at the end. All right, time now, fellas, for our weekly picks. Casey was uh, 500 last week. Brandon, you and I were two under 500. We'll see how it goes this week. We start.
4: Actually, Tom, I think when we went back, we looked at it, and
0: I was 4-2, and two and you were 3-3. Three three. Oh, okay, so we, because we, we had the Ohio U thing wrong. Yeah. yeah. We, okay, I, all right, okay, all right. Which you was lost. my mistake. All, all right, bad, so everyone. everybody's 500 or better after week one. Casey's in a lead. A donation to the charity of the winner's choice is coming at the end of the year. It's going to be a good donation. Um, all right, we start with UC. 27-and-a-half point favorite over Kennesaw State. Bearcats, Casey, Brandon. Bearcats. All right. Let's they, go, uh, Cats, Homer, Homer. Homer, Homer, show. Homer show. Homer show. It's the Homer show presented by UDF. All right, next up. You want to go to your favorite, Homer? Wherever you want. The Ohio University 1-0 on the year at Penn State. Penn State squeaked by great finishing drive to beat Indiana in the season opener. Nittany Lions home opener. I'm not good. You could just put this graphic up the rest of the year. I'm never picking against my alma mater. Bobcats cover 25. Uh,
4: I pick Penn State um, mainly because, you know, my grandfather ties, but also because I think they're going to whoop Ohio State – or not Ohio State, I'm sorry, Bobcats. Uh, okay. Buds, but – And Brandon.
1: Sorry to do that for you.
0: OU, oh no against Penn State. Okay. Oof. All right. I get it. I get, the, me, I get I got it. the lingo though now. If I didn't have the heart – in it, I, I, I would probably go a different direction, too. We'll see. The Ohio State University Buckeyes win over Notre Dame. Defense was great. Offense really turned it on in the fourth quarter, especially the run game. C.J. Stroud, the whole crew never really got it rolling. This week, I say they cover 44 and a half. That's a huge number. I say the Bucks cover it. Tell I do, too. And
4: you know how much I don't like Iowa State, but...
0: <laughs> They're busting out this week. Yeah, I think they bust. Brandon.
1: Up. The Arkansas State
0: Red Wolves are going to lose by 42. Okay. Ooh. That means that they, they, they would win. You would win. All right, we're staying local. And we have... This is a good game. Kentucky ranked number 20. Florida ranked number 12. The spread is six and a half. I think the Gators in the Swamp get it done. Fellas?
4: Yeah, I think so too florida um i watched the utah game last weekend yep. and i think richardson's ready to have a breakout year or something man he, he just looks so good
0: in that final drive for florida okay
1: big blue nation covering yeah,
0: i get <laughs> that i get that that's, i believe a, in him. that's a tough one I, 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 stoops is putting together a great program down there man i mean he's done a great job um alabama goes to texas not let's be honest if any of us could go to one football game over the weekend, this would be the scene. Not Ohio U at no, State? No, 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 no. Okay. This would be the scene. I mean, Alabama, the Longhorns. The Longhorns aren't ready for Alabama yet, but that crowd and that atmosphere in Austin is going to be off the charts. It's going to be fantastic. Noon kickoff, so they can't get the tailgate rolling like they would a night game. Crimson Tide cover, 20. Fellas? I
4: have a health payment, too. Um, Just smoking Texas. I don't think Texas is ready for this game No,
0: they're
1: not. Texas is not back. I don't know when they'll be back, but this is not it.
0: I tell you, moving down the road, this whole uh, Quinn Ewers and and Manning thing is going to be fascinating. Quinn Ewers, a year ago, was Manning a year ago. Manning, the kid who's already committed to Texas, right? Of the Manning family. Mm -hmm. This Quinn Ewers... Um, I'm not saying he's going to do great tomorrow. This is a talented dude. Paul, real quick, any of those picks for you stand out as what would be described as a five-star, four-star, three-star? Are there any of those you really, really like?
5: Hey, I'm going to say a couple of things on those picks real quick. One is when you get those huge spreads, I'm always leery of the spreads. I always like to lean more toward the totals on those. And one total that sticks out is Arkansas State and Ohio State. I know that total was really big. But I'll tell you what, guys, Arkansas State's offense, they are putting up a ton of points. All they do is score points. I know Ohio State's defense looked better last week than maybe a lot of people were thinking. Not to say that they were going to look bad, but it was Ohio State's offense that we were constantly told about as opposed to their defense. Defense looked great last week, but I still think that you can look at that over in the Ohio State game. The other thing I would do, I'm taking Kentucky with the points. I don't hate a Kentucky money line sprinkle there. Um, I know it's in the swamp. I know it's in Florida. I know Florida looked really good last week against Utah. I just don't know how sold I am on Utah and what that win means, and I think Kentucky is really good. I think the value is there in Kentucky on the road to sprinkle that money line a little bit.
0: You know what? I I totally get that, Paul, because I'm not buying into Florida either. There's no chance I believe they're the 12th best team in the country. After not even being in the top twenty-five, they had a nice win, but they were home, and and, and, and you know, like you said, I mean Utah, I I picked Utah in my top five, but it's another Pac-12 dud. Um, all right, boys, we go to the NFL. We start with the Bengals. Homer Show. a Homer <laughs> Show. Is this straight across the board Bengals cover? What do you think? Well, I this is embarrassing. <laughs> this is really embarrassing. We're just that high on it. I'm just embarrassed. All right, next. (laughs) Everybody in the division, uh, we're going to put up their games each and every week. Ravens v. Jets. Ravens at minus seven on the road. I still go with Baltimore.
4: Yeah, and we're all going to go Baltimore here too. They're head and shoulders the better team here.
0: Okay. Sauce Gardner is going to be fun to watch though. One thing Brian Billick pointed out, they have Lamar Jackson, but if you're looking for If you're looking for a lot of weapons in that offense, now they love to run the football. We saw that two years ago when they had all their backs healthy and J.K. Dobbins, uh, I hope he's healthy because what a great kid. I had a chance to meet him and great player. Uh, Has a chance to be a great player. Um, But their receivers, I don't know. All right. Next up, the Brownies. Um, I have to believe. Uh they are what's the spread on this game? It's pick 'em.
4: It's a pick'em game. Oh, pick
0: 'em game. Okay. pick em. I I I'm taking the Brownies. I'm picking Carolina
4: here. I believe Baker Mayfield. The Baker Revenge it. game. Revenge. Yep. Revenge
1: game. You're not loving
0: that. No, I got not. no problem with that. Oh, yeah. No problem no with reaction that whatsoever. Really, but, None. Right. I I you might love Mayfield or not like Mayfield. I love his fire and his passion and his toughness. Is he the best quarterback in the league? Obviously not. Is he top 15 in the league? Two years ago he was. Last year he wasn't. But he is a gamer. Guy plays hurt. He's tough. Kansas City at Arizona. Kansas City a six point spread. Arizona Cardinals.
4: I'm going Arizona too. Um, I think uh, they're a little underrated, and I think Kansas City is a little overrated. Um, They might not win, but I think they're going to cover the spread here.
1: Two tutties from Travis Kelsey. They cover the spread. Win by seven.
0: Okay. All right. And last but not least, I think we're only doing one more game, right? We have Tampa Bay on the road, late afternoon game in going to the Big D, don't mean no Dallas. Tampa Bay, a road favorite at minus two and a half across the board. Everyone goes with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. You can never bet against Brady, right? And no, until he plays Burrow. Okay. I'm well, betting that, against that, that'll him be then, our Super yeah. Bowl matchup. Yep. And it,
1: it happens in uh, January, I
0: believe, down in Tampa. Yeah. So No, the Super Bowl is in Arizona. No,
1: the, the okay. Bengals play oh, at the Bucs. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Um, okay, that's it. Paul, um, any comments there or uh, numbers that stand out for you for those games this weekend?
5: Here's what I'm going to say. If you're looking at this weekend and you're looking at player props, this was a post that went viral on TikTok uh, yesterday or the day before. There was an article on PicksWise about it. The Buffalo Bills yesterday, their team total for touchdowns was listed at two and a half, under, over, whatever you were going to pick. It was two and a half. The Bills to score over two and a half touchdowns was around minus 165, maybe 150 in that range, depending on where it closed. But the Bills kicker, to make over two and a half extra points was listed around plus 160. So you think to yourself, okay, that's probably the same value, right? It's probably the same thing that you're betting, assuming that the Bills score three touchdowns, assuming that he doesn't miss an extra point. You're getting basically the same thing there, for much, much different sliding scales of value. So if you're looking at player props this weekend, I know I'm not talking about the games that you guys just looked at, but for anybody listening that's trying to look at value, look at different books, look at different lines, and try to split those gaps because there are discrepancies out there that you can find, and those are the kinds of things you got to look out for.
0: Okay, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, Before I let you go, Paul, uh, but if you had to bet, if you were forced to bet, on the Bengals covering six and a half against the Steelers, what are you doing?
5: Uh, a lot of the pros are saying that the, the – I didn't ask is- the
0: pros. I'm asking you.
5: Well, I, I know you didn't, and I'm going to say that uh, I, I really do think the Bengals cover. I think that this is a statement game because everybody's picking the Steelers to cover. There's some uncertainty there at quarterback. I'm taking the Bengals to cover this one at home. It, it's a really just a chance for the Bengals to come out and show that last year wasn't a fluke. I'm taking them at home
0: okay well done we thank paul and wish him luck on his show we'll be talking a lot about that uh by the way the conversation earlier about the restaurant thing the five star here forever uh steve thank you very much the masonette that was it uh and by the way nathan loved the comment made by brandy casey's new to football that was a great line and patrick says who day beat pitts puke okay Good enough. There's
1: another phrase used for that, I believe, but I'm not going to say it on here. Okay. Well, it's a streaming show. I mean,
0: you know, it's not like. I believe it's Schittsburg. Is okay. Well, that's say. OK.
1: That's all right.
0: All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll tie a ribbon around this, uh, f- this week's um, show and our, our Friday wrap up with our cherry on top presented by United Dairy Farmers. We call it the cherry on top, our segment presented by our friends at United Dairy Farmers, something that you may have seen, something you may have missed. As you know, the Kroger Queen City Classic, the inaugural Kroger Queen City Classic, began yesterday at Kenwood Country Club in Cincinnati. Huge event. It is really cool what they got going on out there. All weekend long, second round today, then the cut play Saturday and Sunday. Weather's going to be great today. But apparently they needed roughly 10 caddies who've been working at Kenwood all year long for some of the women who do not travel their caddies. And look, there are a lot of golfers on the men and women's tours who are out there scuffling to make a buck, man. They're looking for places to stay uh, without spending money in a hotel. They're driving from, from tournament to tournament. And so, you know, they can't afford it to travel a, uh, a caddy. So, fascinating story that, that went all over the internet yesterday about one of the caddies who's been working all summer at Kenwood. There is a rule in professional golf that a golfer cannot have more than 14 clubs in the bag when they tee off. So Jillian... Hollis voted the LPGA Rookie of the Year last year. She has her caddy that informs her. This is a high school kid, 17-year-old kid. Before she tees off, informs her that she has 15 clubs in her bag. She had two 60-degree wedges, the one she's used all year, and a wedge that she received in the mail at Kenwood yesterday morning before she teed off he catches it it would have been a two-stroke penalty i understand per hole for every hole that you have 15 clubs or more than 14 clubs in your bag and she said the caddy saved her she shot two under par she plays well today she makes the cut the caddy's name My main man, Luke Dawson Brenneman. What a stud.
4: There we go, Brennan.
0: I can't tell you how many people across the country, friends of mine, saw this story on Golf Digest, USA Today, Golf Week, um, whatever it might be, uh, that said, you got to be kidding. And they were trying to be nice when they said he's a chip off the old block. And I said, fellas, I would have never even thought about counting anything no except for the money that hopefully we would make
1: i can't count the 15.
0: if she wins if she wins i'm not even gonna say it i'm not gonna jinx it we gotta get him on the show if she wins we're gonna get her and him on the show but i'm really excited for her. she's a great gal uh from rocky river ohio suburb uh, west of cleveland went to the university of georgia played great on that minor league tour i'm drawing a blank on the name top 10 13 times Mm -hmm. one three times she's on her game and everybody thinks she's got a chance to be a great player but luke i'm really happy for you i'm proud of you good going have fun out there today she tees off later this afternoon hopefully she makes the cut hopefully you've enjoyed the show we're back with you monday we break it all down we hear from brian billick again recapping the weekend And we can't wait. Big weekend. Here we go, boys, before we go break. Cincinnati Bengals, that's the team we're going to cheer to victory. Touchdown Bengals, put some points up on the board and win the game for Cincinnati. See you next week.